Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 21 now, of the DC United Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, James Graham. You'll see over on this side of me, and I'm getting good at this because I'm always pointing to the right and I'm getting it correct now, um, is Kim Golb, frequent commenter and a photographer for the Screaming Eagles, one of our many supporter groups and one of the best photographers I've seen for a long time in terms of the sports photography. Um, welcome to the show, Kim. Well, thanks, though. That's extremely kind of you. Many people take some great pictures, especially at United Games, so that's very kind of you. You're very welcome. Um, just a little bit, coming up on today's show, um, we've got a lot to talk about. There was some massive news last night. I don't know whether you've heard, but there was something big that just happened, so we will have a little chat about that. We've got the standard soccer stuff, so we've got the previous game against New York City FC to talk about, um, if we really need to, because that wasn't a great game. Um, we've got the upcoming game against Chicago Fire um, as well, so that is on Saturday evening, if I remember rightly, or Sunday morning for me, you know. The, the days blend. Uh, the days do blend. The time zone difference just, it baffles me even more now, so, yeah. And then... I've got to thank the show sponsors first and foremost. So that is the guys over at MLS UK show. So Henry and Elliot, they do some fantastic things. You'll see in the description a link to their website that has all their podcasts that they do. It has the blogs, it has clips on there. You can subscribe to them on YouTube. And on their next episode, you'll see yours truly. Because I spoke with Henry on that sh on the, this, their next episode. So check it out, subscribe. Leave a review for them because, you know, they're absolutely awesome. And yeah, just check them out because I do too. Um, so, oh, we've had our first comments of hello from Andy McBride. Hi, Andy. Nice to see you've actually joined us this time. You missed out last episode, I know, because I spoke to you about it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we've got a heck of a lot to talk about. Shall we start off with the big news or should we talk about the game? Uh, the bad news of the bad news? Or the, yeah. yeah. Well, is it bad? Is the big news the bad news, really? Or is it bad news and good news at the same time? The positive side, it's bad news, good news, right? For yeah. the, the game, right? So, yeah, yeah I think that, that, that is part of it, right? Ben Olsen. Yes, indeed. Of his duties, I think. He has been. He's still at the club, though, which is, which is a nice thing, because I know that was part of his contract. But this year has hasn't been kind to him granted the last he's been here for as a coach anyway for 10 years he's won one trophy was that good enough at all because you see some clubs who sack their managers very quickly but ben was given time um was this the right time to get rid of ben olsen i think it depends i think if you see me on on twitter like what i put out it's like well, what's the plan? Um, yeah. Are you going to put, you know, so you, you let Ben Olsen, really Ben Olsen, and you bring in somebody, but we have the same plan. Uh, and it's like, it's tough to see strategic direction from the club, right? And I think that's always what we've seen, right? And they've always, we've always heard talk about revenue uh, handicaps due to RFK and all these issues, right? And uh, somebody I was talking to had a great analogy that uh, we've been sending Ben Olsen to sword fights with toothpicks. <laughs> oh, right. That is a heck of an analogy. I like that one. <laughs> and so, I mean, and realistically, yeah, he hasn't really had 
the best rosters to pick from to to do things right and to to build things and i think that goes to dave casper as well and where do those decisions get made how are those decisions that get made and what are the priorities to put things together um and so um and another uh, point another analogy is like you know they, they got all these leftover parts that they cobbled together at times and made yeah. some great runs and they've got some leftover parts and they've cobbled them together and they've made awful runs yeah which is what we're in right now right and so i mean that's just a lack of strategic direction right and i think I, i'm hopeful that it's a good change uh both for ben and for for dc united uh that that we're coming through here but it's about what are the the next steps that happen to to make that Exactly. Something that we could all be, be proud of and happy with. Yeah, it's, it's been, it has been a tricky few years, especially for someone like myself who's having to watch it from this side of the pond, staying up late, getting battered week in, week out, especially that result against Atlanta United and then the result against NYCFC, conceding four goals in each game, only scoring the one. It's It's been a tough run. And... 2020, I think we can kind of write off from the fact that it's just been so bizarre. Obviously, with the pandemic, the fact that we had this MLS's back tournaments, the restarts and everything. I know everyone's been in the same boat, but as a whole league performance, you can't really base too much on that, in my eye anyway. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely, right. And I, that's that was one of my thoughts that, maybe Ben would, they would at least let Ben go through his contract uh, next year, right? It's just that, okay, you know what? Let's just have 2020 as a write-off. You know, he's had to restart the, start or restart the team three times this year, right? And yeah, it's like you said, everybody's going through it for sure. But obviously there's, there's some chemistry issues on the field and to try and get those together in those parts and try and get what does work together it's obviously been a challenge and it's just been uh too big of a hill to climb yeah and then and then on top of that we've had some major injuries this year obviously paul Ariola been out for the entire season so far with his torn acl then we've had edison flores out for what feels like quite a while which is i think it's longer than i was expecting with his multiple fractures to his face and then it was we've had out injured well, I think we've had our entire defense out at some uh, point. And uh, Boo is out. That's it. Felipe is out. Felipe, with your, your fashion consultant is out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and hello, Felipe. How are you? <laughs> Felipe, if you're watching right now, please drop a little comment in there. And that goes for everyone whilst, we're, whilst I'm thinking about it. If you've got anything to say, anything about Ben Olsen, about his time at the club whether it's good whether it's bad whether it's indifference whether it's from when he was a player as a coach whenever please drop it in the comments and watch right there just click subscribe as well if that would be absolutely awesome um back to the the injury point they're not injuries where you could point to a trainer or physio to translate right they're they're you know in-game injuries right it's a you know Uh, Flores is a contact injury. ACLs yeah. are not, it's not something you can train to avoid, right? They're just no. it, they're unfortunate injuries, and you're right. They've just piled up on top of it, and then it just increased whatever chemistry issues that just weren't there. Yeah, and then on top of that, even more so, then we're having to look to the youth who have never played a 
well, two of them haven't played a Major League Soccer game before this season. Obviously, Griffin Yao had barely any minutes. He might as well have been a, a new, a brand new starter as well. And that must have been tough for them, and especially with Kevin, who's had a f- couple of games out through tight hamstring, which again is yet another injury on top of that long list that we've had. I think if you were to look at 2020 as a singularity on Ben Olsen, it would be incredibly harsh to have sacked him based on 2020 alone. And then you've got 2019, the end of that wasn't a great one, um, especially with the whole Wayne Rooney, um, the whole Lucio Costa saga throughout the year, especially at the start when he had his transfer failure go happen. I think kind of the highest points in recent memory anyway would have been the end, the second half of 2018 when we came to Albany Field and we signed Wayne Rooney and we had that amazing run. It was just a shame that ended up with a loss on penalties to uh, Columbus crew. Yeah, and you know, you, you sit there and as, as it's great that you, you kind of walked us back, right? Because mm. I think when you sit there and we look at how the team's a little is disjointed now, yeah. right? And that the it's it's not you know clicking, but I think you could actually probably trace that back to somewhere mid season last year, right? To where this cloud that yes. is over the club now and over the team now and the roster now probably dates back into somewhere before somewhere between Lucho's failed transfer and Wayne Rooney saying, yeah, Darby seems pretty nice. No. Oh, oh, Darby. <laughs> See, that's, uh, that's not happened. a nice place. <laughs> something happened <laughs> so that Wayne Rooney said, huh? Yeah. Darby. <laughs> I mean, to go from, I mean, to be fair, Darby from where, where he lives up North is not that far of a trek. When, when you put it into perspective of America, it's quite a short distance. Um, but, yeah, you're right. That period of time, that was incredibly tough. I think, for me, with the fact that Lucio Costa, I would imagine, had disrupted the harmony in that dressing room, if he'd have gone, do you think Wayne really would have stayed beyond when he, before he left? Or... Would he have still gone at the same time? And then if that was the case, would Ben still be in the job right now? I don't think Wayne left because of anything with DC United or the team. I think it's family, period, yeah. uh, to, to put it uh, in, in, in terms. Uh, seeing some of the interactions that I had seen around the stadium, um, I think it was really apparent that his family uh, just wasn't, the, the the lifestyle around DC isn't the same for a footballer's wife than it is no. uh, in, in the UK. No. Um, so I think that that's where, where where that is, and I think that that that's the that's what was driving him home. And uh, yeah, yeah just, I just totally understand, totally you know, see how you come to that decision, right? So I think it's just that, but something happened in there. That I think that just kind of broke the the soul of the team in there, and I don't think the the people that remained didn't have the skill set to kind of grab grab the rest of them by the neck by the neck right and kind of pull them back up again we just didn't have that kind of leader at the time no and do we really have that well apart from bill um you can't really do it all from uh, the 18 yard box 
do we have anyone in the middle who is that kind of leader right now i was hopeful and i still think I, felipe fills a lot of that gap yeah um from from the get-go when he got here um i went from i'm one of the people who went from I hate this guy. I hate this guy. I hate this guy. <laughs> he put on a DC United uniform and about three seconds later, I love this guy. Yeah. Um, so he was everything. Right. And that's just one of those things. You, players do this, right. It's just that you hate them until they're on your team and then you see the beauty in them. Right. And Felipe is one of those guys. Dima Kovalenko was one of those guys. And it was yes. just like, how do you right? And it comes over here. And I think, Felipe is one of those guys who can, when the wheels start falling off in a game, I think he's one of those guys who does have the, the willpower to kind of reach out and grab the guys and bring them in and kind of resettle them down a little bit. And I think what we've seen, like the last two games, give up the, the four goals. Like at that time, it's like, I was like, man, what if Felipe was here, right? And how could that have kind of stemmed the tide? I think the, there was a couple of cases this year, I think, where that's missing. But I think some more of that, it's like we've been blessed with a lot of great leaders over time. But I yeah. think there's been a gap in here where we really haven't had those uh, let's go over the top boys and get at them type of leaders. Yeah. And like I said, for me, Bill Hamid is that kind of guy. But you, being at the back, you can't get that message up to the top. So Ola Kamara at the moment won't hear the message from Bill. I mean, he probably can at the moment with the fact there's no crowd. <laughs> because everyone can hear Bill right now, even when he's on the in the stands. And uh, yeah, mention about uh, Red Bull damages your health. <laughs> I love that comment. That was so fantastic. Um, and it's just, uh, you're right. We do need a leader on the pitch right now, and. It's going to be a tricky end to the season, no doubt about it, because we're missing, still missing a few players. I think Segura picked up a, not a calf injury. I think it was in the last game. Yeah, he's been out a few, a couple of games, a couple of weeks, because yeah. he's another one who picked up something. He's one of our nice utility players who you can just pretty much shove him anywhere on the pitch, and he'll he'll yeah. do his best. So that, he, he's he's a Swiss Army knife for for DC United, right? Yeah, he, yeah he's he's not flashy anywhere. He's not probably not the optimum player for a lot of positions, but he's very good in a lot of positions. And when you talk about, hey, we've only only put you know, a few options on the bench, he's great because good because now I've got cover for a couple of different spots if somebody gets hurt, right? Yeah, I mean, you look you look at where he's played recently. He's played on the right of midfield. He's played on the left midfield. He's played up top. I'd imagine he could do a job at right back, left back, centre midfield, possibly even at centre back. He's just one of those guys who, yeah. who it will it will give a hundred percent, and that's at times you need that kind of player. Right. Um. Just a comment that comment. I mean, it, I say just it came in about five minutes ago. Um. Stu has said the time is right for change. Feels like it's been coming, even if it just produces a honeymoon period to lift morale and gain, and gain some momentum. I mean, I would love to have that happen. And I think the first hurdle we need to get over is not conceding four goals, con scoring a couple of goals. Even if it means getting a tie, we need to get some points on the board just to get out of this rut we're in at the moment. 
it's an emotional lift right now when they string four to five passes together and mm. move the ball forward, right? And that's what's like, okay, because you start to think, okay, maybe, maybe, and then it kind of falls, right? And that's what, you know, Ben alluded to, right? They're, they're emotionally fragile right now. Yeah. And maybe, maybe this is a case to kind of shake them up. Um, maybe it's a case for, and I think, you know, from this point forward, right, the players have to prove to themselves, to the club, to the league, that they belong. Yeah. Right? And that they, this is how they're going to move forward. And uh, one of the things, uh, one of, I, I also follow ice hockey. And okay. they, they follow, they, uh, coaches get fired all the time there. And one of the sayings they say is, it's easier to fire one coach than 20 players. And yeah, that's that very true. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, it's like, okay, I can get another guy in here to yell at you guys. So here, boom. And it does hit yeah. the guys because especially you think about it, a guy like a, like a Steve Birnbaum has known Ben Olsen his entire professional career. Yeah. And so uh, they're, they're friends on a level and, you know, so a friend lost his job because yeah. of their performance. And I think they need to rally around that and realize what they are and find out right and they need to quickly find that identity and to yeah. show what they are and to show their work you're right you're totally right on that um i hope that they have a good long look in the mirror and just go we've not been good enough this year ben who's been at the club 20 odd years he's lost his job he's lost his, his i would imagine his dream job right now and he's having to look at finding another role within the club to keep himself there and drive DC United on a different level. It it will hurt for I mean, I would imagine Bill saw, as you write, Steve Birnbaum's going to be sore about it. The young lads are going to be probably hurting from it as well. Hopefully this is the kick up the ass that they need. And I would like to see a good reaction against Chicago Fire this weekend and like I said, I mean, I'm just going to temper my off my estimations on this I hope we get at least a point I'd love for us to get a three points at the, this weekend but I'd be I'd be happy with one just to get us going right on the other end I think I'd be happy with one point I'd be happy to see some of that fire back yeah ironically fire against, against, the fire fire. against the fire but yeah, just that fire that they've got in the game, right? And they just, you just yeah. haven't seen it. It's been snuffed out. And I think it'd be great to see that that back into the field, right? And so I think, yeah, if they can get that that fire back, you know, play with some with with that energy and try and find, you know, find some goals, get a point, yeah. get something to build on to, to, to move forward with. No, absolutely. Um so speaking about Ben, um let's let's do some reminiscing. What what's your favorite memory of ben olsen oh boy um because there, there, there's plenty to choose from well he, he's obviously been here for yeah forever what if you could pick one particular moment what would that be okay so there was a rain a, a pouring rain game um you can find the clips on uh, it, it's against the fire at rfk stadium okay. haristo stoichkov scored a monster free kick it was a laser from I, my seats were at midfield he was in front of me when he okay. lined up to shoot it the ball must have been 40 yards out and it was just a, a rope to into the goal 
Yeah. And it's just, wow, did we see that? Right. And so eventually this turns into a Ben Olsen story. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we're, we're talking so about a stodgy goal free kick goal here. It was a, um, a warm day in DC. I think it was April and uh, a storm had come through. So mm. I had come through, uh, come up. Uh, I had lived in Southern Maryland at the time. And okay. my buddy and I, we drove up. We're wearing shorts and a T-shirt. Uh, then a front came through. And the rain came. And the temperature plummeted. Oh. And the uh, the rain was coming down. You could, like, you're just getting soaked. All the fans ran up to the into the cover with the exception of screaming eagles bar brava and you know a, a handful of other people yeah like they, they would come around to throw t-shirts and there's nobody to throw t-shirts to it was ridiculous uh, so there's this game and everybody's cold and miserable i think they were down uh into extra time uh in the stoppage time yeah and as so it was post shootout and <laughs> Uh, ben Olsen had in stoppage time had set up a goal off of a corner kick and then either got the equalizer or got the winner all in extra time just by being Ben by running wow. by hustling by finding you know the, the spaces and everything and it was just an amazing moment uh, and it was one of the I mean it was torrential downpours where you couldn't see the opposite side of the field um, that was a period for every championship weather uh, in DC parlance. Uh, it's just, there's several games like that, but that was one. And it was just, you know, it was one of those where Ben Olsen really grabbed a, a game uh, by the, by the scruff of the neck, right. And dragged it, right. It's like that wasn't going to accept uh, a defeat. No, that's fine. I mean, for me, I think the, the biggest one, I think it's, going to be up there with a lot of people's favorite memories is that hat trick against the red bulls oh yeah oh i mean i just remember just being reminded of it last year when i um, did a favorite goal of dc united's uh poll and that came up and it's just like ah oh, yeah that 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 would there were good times back then yeah. i mean when he was red... the most surprised person in the building <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean ben Olsen is not a player you actually link with goals would you it's just a bit ben olsen not not in the post forest years no 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 that's that's very true and i remember he when i had him on the show earlier on this year he was speaking about that time when he was at forest and he was telling me a story about um if you've not seen it go and check check that episode out season two episode eight um and he had his dad over for Christmas and they were playing the bo classic Boxing Day game and this is the first time that his dad had seen him in England playing football and he had a mare of a game and he just he just wasn't passing well not doing anything and then it got to a point where his dad's in the crowd saying that's my son yada 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 and then he scores an own goal and it's just this is like he's just hit it with his left foot his weak foot and it's just gone into the top corner i can't remember who said they were playing against but oh he's just like it's just the, the way he actually still told that story with a bit of happiness weirdly mm -hmm. even though it was, a, it was an own goal and he didn't have a good game but it was the fact that he was happy to reminisce about those kind of moments and and again before we spoke 
um, started the show, we was obviously speaking about Dave Johnson, how he does things on a on a personal level. Ben was the same. Absolutely. He's like he's the kind of guy who's willing to talk to you, willing to spend time with you. And you can see it with fans as well when he's gone around the sides of the pitch, he's chatting away, taking get, getting photos taken. And I think that's one of the main reasons why I love I love your league, why I love Major League Soccer, because you get, especially from the olden days, because a lot of footballers, they weren't paid huge sums of money, so they didn't have a huge ego to go alongside. They, it's family and it's community and it's everyone's on the same level kind of thing. Yeah, just, yeah. If, if you don't want huge sums of money, 1990s, early 2000s, MLS is the place to be. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's fantastic because you just see everyone. And the, the only reason why they're playing the game is because they want to play the game. They're not in it for the money. And that's that's proper f- football, soccer, whatever name you're going to give it. That is, that is pure. And there's nothing more exciting. I'm trying to think of the words. I can't think of the words. But you see the passion for the game. And that's that's what people want. No, absolutely, absolutely. Is it one other favorite Ben Nelson story I have is from last year. Yeah. I was flying to a meeting in Phoenix. Okay. And train we changed planes in Houston. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I get off the plane in Houston and I just look around the the gates or whatever and I notice there's a uh, a gate going back to uh, Washington Reagan. Yep. And you know going the other way leaving in you know, an hour or something like that. I'm like oh. And the night before, DC had played Houston. Okay, yeah. And so, just in my mind, I was like, I wonder if that's the flight that they're because they fly commercial, <laughs> right? I wonder yes. if that's the flight they're going to go back on. And there's like nothing of it. And then I turn and I look, and right there at the snack bar is Ben Olsen. Oh I'm wow! Like, I walk over, I'm like, hey Ben, how you doing? And he, he looks at me, he's like, oh hey, how you doing? Shake hands. Back when you could shake hands. And <laughs> yeah. Right, and I was like, I just, inter- I just introduced myself. You know, they, you know like, hey, Kim Cole, Screaming Eagles. He says, Yeah, yeah, I know who you are. Oh, I'm like, well, why? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, what have I done? Right, and then you know, we sat there, we chatted for a while, a bunch of stuff, right? And then it's like, all right, I got to get to my plane, so you know, you know, see, see, see you guys later. And then you know, wandered off and wandered through the the airport, and you could see the the, the team one by one, twos and threes trickling towards the gate. But it was just great just to see Ben Olsen there and just have a quick chat. And But that's wow. the way he is, right? He can connect and know those people. And he yeah. goes back to, I was thinking about this earlier today, kind of a golden era of fan-player interaction. Um, yeah. In the early 2000s, DC United did a lot of things as a team into Screaming Eagles events, Bar Brava events, just open events with their fans and meet yeah. the team events. And so there really was a great interaction uh, between players and fans, right? And so like, I got, I consider Ben Olsen a friend. I consider Alec Weskandarian a friend, right? Um, all, all these guys, I, I've run into Ernie Stewart, who's now the you know, yeah. GM of the National League. I, he, when he played for DC United, he lived in the same town that I did. So I would run into him at the local Best Buy. What? <laughs> just, I would see him. Uh, just, that's just the way it was. Um, and so, yeah, you get you get to know these guys, right? Uh, yeah. Santino, Caranta, and I, you know, his son or his daughter is the same age as my son. 
So we'd go to these team events and we kind of compare parenting notes <laughs> as opposed to yeah, chatting about all this other soccer stuff or whatever. It's just, it's just a great time that, and it was just, there's part of us that are old enough to have enough gray around that it's like we kind of lament those years and i think it's like, like oh, why can't we get back to that and i think you know we've, we've come around and realized that was just a golden age and you just celebrate that golden age for what it was yeah and right and i think that's for part of us with with ben ben's job it's now behind us yeah right? and it, it's just it, that it's it just it's all rearview mirror now yeah it's it's the end of an era it really is and it's it's one of these things where you look on it and you think right that chapter is now closed it's not the end of the story it's just the next chapter that we've got to look forward to we're having this interim period where we've got chad ashton as interim head coach um i'm still struggling to think of who we're going to get in as boss i mean the first name that has flown in in my head before Arsene Wenger. I mean, he's he's available. I've seen that several <laughs> places. So, <laughs> I mean, Wenger in DC. Why not? Right. He'll bring Mesut Ozil with him. I mean, he's not doing much right now as well. So, I mean, he's. Is there a conflict co- of interest with him funding Gunnosaurus? <laughs> <laughs> Can you fund a mascot for another club while playing for a club? Is there a FIFA rule about that? And how much is it to get rid of that FIFA rule? <laughs> Yes, I, I bet it's a little bit more than what Gunasaurus earns as well. Oh, bless. I mean, I, I saw that Gunasaurus thing and I was thinking, yeah, I mean, if Ozil just took a wage cut, might need, not need to do that. Hey, he's getting paid anyway. You have to put this suit on, pal. <laughs> Go walk he's, around town. He's, he's getting paid, what is it, £350,000 a week? Yeah. Just to sit down and not do anything? Arsenal, I will not play for you for a hundred thousand pounds a week. <laughs> You'll save money. <laughs> I'd not play for a thousand pounds a week. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd take that happily, but ah, uh, what? It's a tricky one because I don't think there's many coaches out there right now who are free and available. So I think we'll end up with Chad until the end of the season, and we'll use the oh, off season yeah. as a good time to search get the right person in and find someone who is going to take this club forward. Um, Speaking on that, what kind of head coach would you want coming in to replace Ben? Well, I think if they do something quick, all my optimism goes out the window. Okay. Because that means there's nothing to the strategic plan, right? Because all the pieces above the coach are still in place. And that's... Right. I, I've seen people are like, oh, well, maybe the next coach will bring in better players. Ben Olsen brought in zero players. He's the coach. Yeah. He just he coaches what's put in front of him. Right. Maybe he, you know, get, gets a favor from an older player to, hey, you want to come over and, you know, you know, help help grind it out over here. Yep. But I don't think there's, you know, he's had that much influence to bring in, you know, Wayne Rooney did not come to D.C. United. Like sweet, I get to go play for Ben Olsen. Right? It's something that happened. <laughs> I mean, right? that that's that's no harshness on Ben Olsen at no, all. No, it's just you're right. It's when really didn't come to DC United to play for Ben Olsen. It's Ben Olsen's not that stature, right? And so DC United needs to move the needle in many ways, yeah. uh, and so it's the 
you know, do we we need to bring in the players and get get the buzz back again? And you know, so I think we we need to have that strategic direction. So above the technical staff, they need to have that set forward, set forward. And so from from that, then you can select your coach to determine, yeah. right? Your GM is it is it Dave Casper? Is it somebody else? You need to figure all that out before. If you get some big name coach in. Yeah. and nothing that's going to support him. I think we're just going to deal with the same story and we're going to have the same conversation in 12 months time. Yeah. Um, just a little comment that's come through. Um, Pochettino's available. Oh, there you go. That, that, that's someone who I completely forgot about. Obviously, he'd been linked with Man uh, United quite a lot, especially with um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's mixed performance, shall we say. Um, but he's still around, so that's that's not bad. But uh, you mentioned about Dave Casper and uh, whoever comes in, and whether we get a new GM or not. Do we actually need a GM? Because in my in my eyes, I see a GM as the same as a director of football over here in the EPL and the Championship, and all all we have over here. Sometimes they have too much influence over what goes on and the head coach doesn't really get the chance to really show what he can do. Well, I think over here, so over here, a general manager is more or less in charge of the comings and goings of players and helps mm. get the tools. I mean, he had a great relationship with Ben Olsen, right? Ben's like, oh, right. They, had a, they, they talk all the time. They know what's going on between the two and what, you know, Ben's needs and wants on the field versus what Dave can get, right? And then there's a, they're put, then they're put into a box of requirements and limitations put forth by the club, right? And so, mm. right. So it separates the the on field versus the off field portions of the, of the job, right? And so I, you know, I think that that's what Arsenal just went through when, when they gave Arteta the, he went from head coach to manager, yeah, right, kind of kind of step back, you know, kind of increase his role a little bit, right, to get more of that overarching uh, flow and feel of, of, of the comings and goings of the players on the team. Uh, so I think, yeah, from uh, for the North American perspective, that's how we delineate coach and general manager. Okay. Um, so the general manager is the one who makes trades, makes, you know, the signings and all that. So, um, so but, I th that's, but that's why I always talk about strategic direction of the club as opposed to, we need to replace, you know, all these things and one for one replace what they want to do. Maybe you bring in an arson vendor. Why not? Let's go with that dream, right? Yeah, why but, not? Right, but he fills in both the the Casper and the the Ben Olsen role yeah. to a case, right? And then there's a technical staff, which would I'm gonna guess that arson vendor's technical staff is gonna also make a pretty good penny, yeah. <laughs> just, right? Just and a so. Little bit. Right, but so it's about how how do you want to restructure the club because this becomes an opportunity for how do you go forward and it's an opportunity for DC United who is an MLS 1.0 club who completely missed the boat on MLS 2.0 yeah. uh, kind of caught on a little bit to some of the MLS 3.0 bits that have lost the way a little but MLS 4.0 should be rolling out any time now. Why not have DC United lead that way? 
Yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, we've and so just kind of wipe that, wipe it all clean from that, and kind of restructure and go forward and have something really good. Yeah, I think at the end of the season we can literally, as you already said, wipe that slate clean and start from the bottom, work it up the top, and just have a really good structure because I think the first first bit we need to we need to have the right head coach for me to come in and for them to be able to tell Jason Levine what he wants rather than ha- Jason telling him this is what you're going to get because I think that might have happened a bit too much with Ben he's yeah. been told what he's going to get this is Ben's Who's probably been? gone this is what I want but he's Jason probably gone nope this is what you're getting this is all we can do we need we need someone who's going to be able to dictate a bit more I think not right. that we don't want a dictatorship or anything but we need someone who can do that and actually get what they want and get the right players in and it's the right vision and you know let, let's not send people to a sword fight with toothpicks exactly yeah that's my fear like if you get somebody right away this to kind of fit into that basically yeah. like oh here great he's willing to hold the box of toothpicks and, and work his way through that and so that, that that's to me that would be the disheartening thing right and the yeah optimistic and i think the dream thing is somebody like they really set forth right and try to if they don't succeed so be it but if they at least try to set mls 4.0 right and, and get yeah. get into that new mode because right? it, 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 it's the right time right because 2020 is kind of the year that never happened right yep. you've got you know things on the horizon that are really going to start clicking in right the the you know the academy is improving um the the situation with Avenue United is going to improve, right? It's just it's the time to kind of bring it all in under one umbrella and move forward so you can flow everything through it, right? And that's realistically that's what Philadelphia did. Exactly. Now all of a sudden they're they're the model. Maybe maybe they're MLS 4.0, right? But but you know what? I'm okay with being in the second seat of in the MLS 4.0 train because it's going to be the next train. So. Well, that's it. You can learn from who's done it best and then be better than them. Yeah, absolutely. So, you, you take what they learn and go one better. Exactly. That's what that's what Apple do. <laughs> I'm going on a different boat. <laughs> um, so what I want to do, is, uh, we've been we've talked about Ben and some really, really good aspects. I want to hear from, obviously, one of our favorite people at the club. Um, which is Dave Johnson, who surprised me today by sending in this voice clip. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't ask him for it, but he sent it in anyway, and he wanted to give his thoughts on Ben's time at the club. So we're going to play it. It's a, it's about a minute long, so have a nice listen and see what he, he had to say. This is Dave Johnson, and simply put, Ben Olsen is special. Lives and plays with energy and passion for whatever he is involved with. It showed when he was a player, helped the club, the two MLS Cups. I always remember the hat trick against the Red Bulls in 2007. And yeah, we dearly wanted Ben Olsen to win an MLS Cup as a coach, like he did as a player. But with his commitment and drive, he somehow still guided the team to the U.S. Open Cup in 2013. We must remember that. Coach of the Year in 2014, and also postseason appearances in five of the past six seasons. Uh, yeah, you see all that on on paper, but what you don't see uh, is on the inside. Uh, ben Olson 
well, it's something you just know, he bleeds black and red. We must always appreciate his time and be thankful he will still be involved with DC United. And I thank you for your show. It's wonderful. And Kim Cole being on the show, that's even better. So, yeah, absolutely awesome. Awesome thing from Dave there. So, again, Dave, if you're watching, thank you so much yet again for sending in that message. Um, and I, I think he was right with everything that he said on there. I can't. We've spoken about it. And he's just kind of reiterate what we've been saying about what Ben's like, the fact that he's going to still be in the club. And hopefully he will be able to bring this club from a different perspective, but hopefully know that the fact that Ben's been here since pretty much day dot and be able to show the players who come in, whether it's through the academy or through through trades and whatnot, that there is something for the badge and that there is something there to play for and we need to do with some steely determination and some passion as well. Yeah. One more thing along those lines, mm. Ben is DC. And he's yes. a guy who embraced DC well before it was cool to embrace embrace DC, right? And I think yeah. you know a lot of people do now, but you know a lot of the athletes in town, they live in the suburbs, they live far away. The coaches definitely do. Yeah. Right? It's just not. But Ben just embraced the city as as it is, and really really soaked it up. And you know he 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 he's from central Pennsylvania. You know he's from. The, you know, the the shadows of Three Mile Island, <laughs> but you know he 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 is DC, uh, so that I mean that's something that that also just you know he, he that's why he connects with people right that people just see him around right he he biked to work and stuff like that so it was just something right he, he is absolutely something I mean I think I was reading an article on MLSsoccer.com or somewhere else maybe. And they were talking about how he was able to get Ben's Chili Bowl named, renamed to Ben Olsen's Chili Bowl. And there's not many other coaching, co well, sorry, coaches in DC sporting uh, franchises that have been able to do something like that. The fact that he is that kind of guy, as you rightly said, embraced the city and was, he is Mr. DC. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you could say someone like Bill Hamid or even Steve Birnbaum, even though he's from the other side of the country, the fact that they've been there a long time, you could call them Mr. DC, but Ben, Ben Olsen is definitely Mr. DC. Ben's the trailblazer in this, right? And so, yeah. you know, other people have, have uh, other guys have, have since lived in DC, Bill's one that does, right? And yeah. and Steve's another one, right? They, they're in there and they're, they're, they're part of that fabric. But Ben was the first one who said, nah, I'm going to go live live in dc and absorb you know take in the city oh, absolutely so moving on from ben um we need to talk about the games that we've had and the games that we've got coming up oh yeah gotta go bye <laughs> <laughs> don't leave me on my own um the new york city fc game i actually didn't stay up for this one i was not feeling great i wasn't 100 percent, so i was overtired too many late nights with watching other games um did catch up on the highlights it didn't look pretty um i mean i looked at the record we've never won at yankee stadium or wherever 
NYCFC have ended up playing, whether it's a Red Bull Arena, because, you know, New Jersey. <laughs> um, I think I called them New Jersey FC uh, at one point. You know, with Metro Stars, you know, we've got two New York teams who don't play in New York right now. How the heck did that happen? Um, but we've not won against them when we've been on the road. And yet again, we shifted four goals and it just seemed like we were just on the back foot for the entire game. Um, have you got any thoughts on that? Um, did you see it in that aspect? Well, I think it was unfortunate, unlucky that it was at Yankee Stadium versus Red Bull Arena because uh, Yankee Stadium is the worst place to play a soccer game. Yes. It is a postage-sized, yes. uh, postage-stamp-sized field. It's uneven turf. Yep. It's just, it's, it's, it's awful. It's an awful place to be to, to, to play the game. Yep. So I was really, really uh, disappointed that they just, that, NYC FC wanted to run home to that home of all homes. Um, yeah, if they had run home to some other place, okay, I, I, I get it if you don't want to yeah. play in Red Bull Arena. That's, that, yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that. Yep. Um, but, you know, it, 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 but it takes away another chance, a, a chance for Eric Sorger to be twice the hero of Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and so I think that, that that was part of it, right, is that it, it's really unfortunate you get in there because it is just a non-forgiving place to play. And uh, mistakes happen and NYCFC could jump on them and mm. mistakes happen. And actually United almost came up on the positive end a couple of times. Yes. And there yeah. were a couple of bad bounces and the ball got behind them, but United just story of the season just couldn't seize that moment. And just, it's just, it just got away. I mean, and then you think about it, it's three penalty calls that really weren't, you know, going each way. I mean, the, the, yeah. the handball against NYCFC. Yeah. Okay, because I like the way you're pointing, Mr. Ref, but I'm not really on board. No. That, Schobert, that's something Schobert I did want to talk about. Right. Yeah. Because it's, he's not looking at the ball. Yes, it hit his hand, but we've seen it a couple of times in the in the Premier League. I think it was the Newcastle Spurs game. Where Andy Carroll hit, headed it, and it hit out. Dyer, he's in the air, jumped, looking in the complete opposite direction. But under the rules, it's a handball. It's. It becomes, because we're trying, we took mistake because we're trying to fix things, right? We're always trying to fix yeah. things, right? It's all an experiment. We're trying to fix things. That's fine. Yeah. But it comes back. Think back ten years ago, we had a pretty, we all had a pretty good understanding when a handball was. And the referee had discretion to, with that pretty good understanding what a handball was. Yep. And you know what? We really didn't have to talk about it all the time. Now we talk about it all the time because we tried to redefine it and make it better. Yeah. We, it wasn't really all that broke, and we tried to fix it, and it's broken her. Honestly, it's, it's got too complicated. We just need to go back to simplicity with it. If it hits your arm, it's a handball, but it's it's i mean i'd like i like the fact that we we got the decision our way but the fact that the opponent didn't see or wasn't able to have any opportunity to get out of the way it's a, it's incredibly harsh and i think if it happens the other way around we'd be absolutely livid yeah yeah 
Well, it's no different than Stoberg, right? He was sliding across and his arms out to because he's sliding. What's he supposed to do? You know, tuck his arms behind his back when he slides. Yeah. It, just... it comes off of it. And I mean, it, it affects play. And I, I could see even back in the old days, think back 10 years, 20 years, where maybe a referee to say, you know, he's had a harsh night, so he's going to call you and <laughs> call it on you. But like, oh, all right, whatever. But it's, it's not, a, it shouldn't be an automatic thing, right? And you could say, you know, the, the referee could say, no, but I think you put your arm out to make yourself, you know, okay, fine. That's your judgment. Fine. Right. But not just, aha, uh-huh, right. It ticks the box that it hits your hand. Yeah. And I, I think we need to think about uh, intent and the uh, kind of more of a case by case as you go. Right. Because yeah. there are, I'm sure, out there, some intelligent officials. There are some not. <laughs> are we? Are we? Are we talking just pro referee? Are we talking about the entire world? Globally, there's got to be a couple. <laughs> so yeah. right, but you, but you got to put that in, that, you know, give give them back that power to to understand the the flow of the game because they do. They understand the flow of the game, yeah. and you know, to you know, you want to get the call right, but you don't have to call every little ticky tacky foul that's out there. Exactly, and you know, just to go back to that actual Schoberg penalty, yeah, he's sliding. All he's he's put his arm down to stop him whacking his head off the ground. That it, yeah, I, I'm actually getting livid thinking about it now. So it's this is where maybe the handball rule is too simplistic. Potentially, you have to give the judgment back to the yeah the, the, the referees to, to figure it out, the officials to figure it out, right? Yeah, there's there's some rules which are need to be clear cut. It's either this or it's that. But sometimes you're right. There needs to be that moment where they need to be able to go right. It's a handball, but it's not deliberate, so we're not going to give it. Or if it wasn't deliberate, an indirect free kick. Because I don't. I, I, I'm sure that was back back in the day. If it was an accidental handball, it was an indirect free kick. I might be wrong. I don't Someone hopefully will correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. I'm sure it was an indirect free kick, and that was it. Potentially a yellow card, but that not. And I'm sure a deliberate handball used to be sending off. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's... We need to do something, and you know, and it's not the same from league to league, right? No. So I think the the U.S. readings of the of the laws are a little bit different than they have in the Premier. Like right now, it, it yeah. it's just not nuts in the Premiership, right? It's just the amount of penalties that we're getting at the moment is just insane right now. Yeah. Um, is one thing. No, we I've not had a show since the game before that against Atlanta. So briefly, let's quickly talk about the Atlanta game. Sure. Um because that substitution that, who who was at fault for that? Because what was it should Ben have known who was on his roster? Because in my eyes, yes he should. He's responsible you know, he's responsible great because he's the, he helps put the the team on the field. But yeah. he's not the one who puts the team sheet together for the officials. There's a member of the staff that does that. And my thought, and think, remember, the league also missed it. Yes. Right. But, but the team, the social media teams didn't. 
they had Knauss on the bench. Right. Well, so somewhere in the pregame, they said, so I, what I, my postulation of what happened. Yeah. Because everybody that was healthy the game before is just as healthy against Atlanta. Yes. Knauss was not on the roster because he was suspended because of the red card. Correct. So I think everybody's healthy. Everybody's on the roster. It was just a cut and paste from one to the next. Mm. But Knauss didn't make it because he was off because of suspension. I like your thinking. That's my thinking. It was... it's, it's, it's the hu- that's where the human error comes in, right? Because it's like, oh, yeah. well, Because it's not like, oh, great. You know, a couple weeks before, like, Knauss is back from injury. Great. We're going to put him back on the roster, right? Because yeah. he came from, you don't think necessarily from that suspension angle back to the roster and i think there's just something that was missed in that yeah and i remember they were checking the they were checking their mobile phones about the roster so the cut and paste thing does ring true that would be logical i never thought about that and it's a weird time because you look at the roster how many goalkeepers are on that game day roster Uh, right yeah three yeah We'd never, even though never Earl have. doesn't necessarily dress all the time, <laughs> he, he does work. He, he does warm up. He was in the stands, and he wanders away, right? Because <laughs> what's the? But there's points where he he does, you know, he he is on the bench. Yeah. Um, and cause also, it's it's a manpower issue. There's just not enough healthy bodies, right? And so, yeah, you know, put him on the roster. Um, yeah, I don't know yeah. if he gets like an extra twenty five bucks because he's on the roster or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. Why not? Right, put him on the roster. He gets the game credit. But my next point on that then is Knaus is fit. Why didn't he start? He only missed one game. Well, he was coming back off of injury. Still, if you think about it, because it was just the game before was his first game back. Yes, because that was against Nashville, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. And so he still wasn't necessarily up to full match fitness yeah and it's also kind of hard to argue against moses to be fair i mean did you see um today in the uk there's a a a national newspaper called the guardian the guardian yes with the top 60 young players in the world the only american the only mls player is moses nyman yes i tweeted that out for screaming eagles (laughs) like that's just a I, I I saw that and I was just I was gobsmacked. I mean, I'm, I was slightly disappointed Kevin didn't make it. Because well, that's part from, of it. It's like, hey, well, what's this, all all these other guys? But uh, yeah, 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 Kevin, you've got Griffin. Right? We've Moses is good. He's on the same level as the other two. But the, the one thing I have as as a positive from Moses that kind of makes him step out though. He can't hide because he's in the middle of the pitch and he yeah, has yeah. to be in on every play. Right. Yeah. Um, a Kevin, a Griff, they can, they can kind of drift out and kind of protect themselves a little by being outside. Um, yeah. But Moses has to be engaged, has to be on it a hundred percent of the time. And he's shown it. And that's, what's amazing. You get the, you know, the, the game and the positives, all three, um, which it, it's amazing because um, I, I have coached. I've got licenses. And so I have actually coached that age group uh-huh. of players okay. because those three are the same age as my son. 
Right. So, and actually, so like some of the, um, like one, one of my followers on Instagram is a former player of mine and everything, right? And I was like, hey, oh. these three guys, where are you? What, what are you doing? <laughs> Get off the Cheetos, pal. <laughs> um, but, you know, but, but that's the, the, the mentality. So I, I see that. Yeah. So I know that age bracket of player. And uh, it's, it's just amazing and how they've stepped in and haven't missed a beat. And I, I, yeah. talk, I talked about this too with a, Devin McTavish uh, after a game one time, right? It was just like, the, these are guys, they're stepping in and they're putting their foot down and basically daring the coaching staff to take them off. Yeah. Because they're proving that they belong, right? And this reminds me of like when Andy Nahar came on, right? It's like, he comes in and it's like, you get a couple, but you do have to pull them. You have to rein them in, right? And it's yeah. like, all right, take a break off. Actually, I thought, well, Kevin's hamstring injuries were, you know, maybe not the best, but actually it's pretty yeah. good to kind of, you know what, step back. Now that yeah. you've been in it, observe the game a little bit. We're going to get you back into it now. So I think that, you know, that that's good. So I, I'm really happy with how those three have really seized their opportunities. Yeah, they really have. They, as you rightly said, they've not missed a beat. They've looked the part. They look like they have played many, many seasons already, yet they're... 16 and 17 years of age it's it, it's just baffling how composed the likes of moses is and you see him picks up the ball turns a guy is able just to play a simple pass and regain possession for the team then you've got kevin and griffin who were happy just to attempt to take on a player and try and get whip those crosses in or when we've seen Kevin trying to cut inside and get a shot off or Griffin coming in from the right-hand side, volleying it in with his left foot for his first MLS goal. It's it's nice to see that we've got this youth academy coming through and it's starting to produce talent. I mean, I, don't know, I can't remember who I was speaking with about it. Um, we were talking about Loudoun Academy and the fact that we've got the MLS Next program happening with many many clubs across the country it's going to be a few years before we start seeing the fruits of that but it's nice to see that we're actually getting stuff already yeah no absolutely great and i think um and what's interesting is that uh you can get this but when when the u.s failed to qualify for russia yeah it was the sky is falling soccer's it was devastating wasn't it dismal we need to fix everything but i thought it was from my perspective, right, and you know, coaching is like, I knew the fix had already been made, right? And I think, look at it now. Uh, look at all the young players coming, you know, into MLS squads, the young player, young American players that are in Germany, in yep. the UK, right, that are, that, are, that are pushing the limits, right? And so I think it's, right, you know, Christian Pulisic's all of a sudden the old man. Yeah. Um. So, I, you know, and I think... You know, I, I had said at the time, Christian Pulisic is the tip of the iceberg, right? And yeah. the solution's coming, and it's 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 been percolating underneath, and now they're finally getting mature enough that we can see them on the professional side. Yeah, and, and yeah, and I think we're only going to magnify it if we do the academies and the development right on a larger scale, right? And that's what we're doing, right? It's kind of. Um, Maybe it's it, it, it maybe it's a bad term, but it's kind of like we, we, uh, 
the World War II thing, right, where they've awoken the sleeping beast, the sleeping right, giant, right? And that, that's really what we are, right, is yeah. that we, you know, it's the sleeping giant and that we're going to get there and we're going to, you know, a lot more players are going to produce. And what we've done is I think we've gotten the coaches out of the way of the players and we're letting the players flourish more individually, right? And I think that's yeah. why we have a Griffin. That's why we have a Kevin. That's why we have a Moses, right? Because generally we would have these great young talents but they were interchangeable because they were basically co- overcoached to be the same talent amongst the yeah, three of them, yeah. and you couldn't tell them apart. Yeah, it's it's nice to see we've got a bit of flair, and I I, I would like to see in the off season to maybe integrate a couple more from Loudon Academy just to see how they get on. Um, I think it's uh, Dupietro who I've seen quite a few times, who looks, he's starting to really look the part. I wouldn't mind seeing him coming in and seeing how, how he does, because he looks like a good talent. Yeah, and now that Loudon's season has finished, yeah. several of those players are now up with DC United and training with DC United, along with a couple of other uh, kind of extra players uh, to, to round out the squad. So that's yeah. every bit of exposure at that next level helps. As yeah. long as well, as long as you do it the right way, you, you can do it the wrong way and just totally crush them. Yeah. Um, I'm think, thinking back to like when uh, Marseille crushed the basically the academy squad. Yes. And um, I I don't know how many of those players may have may have walked away from the game after that, right? And that's what you don't want. Yeah. No. No, you want to take it steady with them. You don't want to throw them in the deep end and something like this. Yep. That's uh. So moving on, we've got. Uh, our game on Saturday evening, uh, which is, if I remember rightly, 7 p.m. kickoff? 7.30? Uh, it's Chicago, so it's another hour for you. Yes, yes, don't tell me, don't remind me about that, because that's uh, cool. Yep, so I've got the time down as a 7.30 kickoff uh, Eastern time, and uh, so that is a half past 12 in the morning kickoff for me. And uh, whoever's watching alongside me, which will probably be um, Stu and Andy, who've been commenting uh, in, on the uh, live chat. Um, so I understand your pain because my my regular job, actually, I generally travel a lot for my regular job, and I'm actually mm. in Geneva quite a bit. So Geneva. When there are games when I'm over overseas, yeah. I'm you know trying to find some sketchy stream somewhere or <laughs> floating around vpns trying to make stuff yeah, work yeah. so i could so i could watch it watch the game so i understand that pain of yeah. what time is it though oh. i did i do appreciate that sky had started to pick up had picked up the games yes and i could for if they're early enough if it's, if it's an afternoon game here i could probably i can convince one of the bars no no it you have it here yeah. just keep it's on keep scrolling yeah it's sky eight that's the one you want is that one <laughs> what is this it doesn't matter because i'm going to watch it and i'm going to pay you for a beer or yep. three so just put it on and we'll all be happy exactly i know it's um i just looked at it it wasn't saturday it's actually sunday okay so it's sunday oh so monday for you yes yes and i'm at work the next day mm, that should be interesting but i'll stay up because you know that's what i do it's for the it's, love of the game for the love of the game for the love of the club um but chicago fire um who've kind of gone through a bit of a tough time in at the start of the year with the whole 
rebrand that went really really badly um they've moved to back to soldier field um so they're back in what they would rightly rightfully call home and now we've got a new, a new interim head coach it's an incredibly difficult one to kind of predict because it's everything's up in the air right now absolutely um, i'm just looking at the league table um Chicago are currently 11th in the Eastern Conference, uh, sat on 16 points. They're only five points ahead of us, which feels really weird. Um, it's 2020. So, it's all weird. It is. So, and they've scored 20 goals, conceded 25. Um, at home, they've won four, lost three, and tied just the once. So, it's it's an open game. Look, Chicago is very much like us. Mm. They're a team that was on top and has kind of wandered the desert now for quite a bit. Yep. And can they find their way out again, right? And I think that was the the the, the try at the rebrand, the yep. getting them back to Soldier Field so people can find the the fans can find them again. Yeah. Because uh, they didn't follow they you know so they they right and so that's they, they need to kind of re-entrench themselves and it really, really is the same story that dc united has yeah it's trying to re-entrench themselves and re reignite the, the the fan base that are in both cities they're great they're both great soccer cities and the yeah. the fans are there and it's about getting that right spark for everybody so yeah it'll be interesting but again like you said you know we got the new coach on a short week Yep. So, right, it's, you know, and putting, you know, appointing Chad Ashton as the coach, but it's like, okay, realistically, it's going to be the, the same from the coaching side. It's about the response from the players. Exactly. And it's like I said, if, if the shakeup has got to really hit the guys at the point where they realize that it, it's on them and that they need to, to, to fire it up. And I'm sure the, the, they're gutted, right? And that they realize yeah. that they need to to do it and they need to make it happen. I've just seen some news come through Uh-oh. from DC from DC United. Uh-oh. So we have acquired an international slot from Sporting Kansas City in exchange for fifty thousand dollars in twenty twenty one general allocation money. And because of that, Edison Flores is now available. I was going to say because they needed to do that because of we were capped and yeah we need, would need to acquire a slot to get Flores back on the game day roster. Yeah, because I think we when we got Jordi Reina, I think we gave up an international slot. If I remember rightly, for the, in that trade, it's I, so hard to keep track of oh. all the non-player movements that go on in MLS. It's... Gam, Tam, and international spots. We, yeah. we can trade it all. It's uh. just bizarre. It's like, how how does anyone? I mean, I'm guessing that's another reason why in MLS you have general managers is someone just to study how the heck it works. So I play football manager and religiously, pretty much. And you're trying to work out gam and tam, and you're thinking, do I use gam for this? Do I use tam for that? Do I? trade for a slot and not give them any time or gam or what do i do 
Mm. And then you look at the roster rules and you think, uh, I've got salary caps. Now I use GAM to bring down the salary wages. And this move, this here move, this here move, this here, right? It's a it's a massive jigsaw puzzle. Yep. And trying to find the right pieces to fit in the right place is... I, I, sometimes it feels impossible. It is not... And that, that's... What, you know, when you, when you set this... And when it doesn't work, it's actually understandable it doesn't work because it's really freaking complicated Yeah. to, to assemble a squad and get stuff, right? And, like, get them to... And, you know, make sure that you didn't accidentally acquire a baseball pitcher in the process. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, if that happened at New York City FC, you wouldn't be surprised. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would make jokes, but we did have, we did uh, ground share with a baseball team here too. So, oh dear. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Back in the day, wasn't it? Yeah, when they could, it, Well, we ground shared with the with the football team. Yeah. And yes. then, then we had it to ourselves, and then the Nationals. Or uh, the yeah. Expos moved and became the Nationals, and so we did the ground chair, and uh, yes. that's uh, Dempsey had this. We hated it at the time, but it was a great uh, goal scoring celebration where he scored a goal and ran to the home plate area and pretended like he hit a home run. Oh, I mean, fair play. Kudos yeah, for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, but... now I look back and I realize it was a brilliant celebration but man at the time i wanted to run on the field and punch him in the <laughs> now now we're a family show we won't condone violence yeah at the time I, i've grown i've matured exactly exactly um so are you willing to give a prediction for sunday's game <laughs> oh let's be optimistic and say yes. one one <laughs> oh i love it i love it to get on the board yeah, let's get on the board. Let's get a goal. Let, let's let's small steps, small steps. Let's get a goal, and I'd, again, I'd be happy with one-one if we manage to sneak a one-nil win. Um, I'd be happy with. I'd be over the moon actually because you know, clean sheet and a win that would be insane. But just some form of attacking intent is what I kind of want to see because that's what we've missed. Um, I've been pleased that Ben in recent times has actually been playing 4-4-2 I love that, that's my favourite formation in the world and if anyone knows me, they will know that um, Mike Bassett, England manager I know uh, Sam Lake who uh, responded to me a few times about the 4-4-2 formation with their gifts about him <laughs> it's brilliant um, so because I think we're in this age of tiki-taka and Catanaccio and all that jazz and the gag and press. I just want to see some classic football. A four, four, two. Is that too yeah. much to ask? I think at this point, especially since I'm at this point, I'm, I'm willing to settle for moral victories too, right? I don't need yeah. to necessarily need three points. I then some moral victories, right? I want, yeah. um, I want a little bit more aggressiveness. I want that. I want a little. Bit, I want more of that mental attitude that's needed. Yeah. Right. And that's something as things weren't clicking, right? And we had uh, put out Kamara and you know, we paired him with, with Rivas. Part of me is like, can we start with Sorga? Because Sorga stretches yeah. the field. And yeah. none of nobody else stretches the field, right? I mean, we try to stretch the field with Kamara, but Sorga really stretches the field. And I understand there's a strategy for you can do that when they're tired. 
but that strategy wasn't working. So maybe stretch them first and get them tired. Yeah. And then and then work at it, right? And so I think and then maybe the Sorga type striker works better with a Gressel. Right. Because I don't know how yes. many times Gressel has passed like he, he keeps forgetting he's moved on from Atlanta, it seems like. Yeah. I mean he's he's Gressel has got this beautiful cross. But when you've got Kamara who has gone out wide, there's no one in the middle to pick up that cross and it's it's frustrating to see because right. For me, in in my eyes, now that we've got Jordi Reyna, he's thrown another wrench into the mix. It's for me, it's Sorga. For me, doesn't work well with with a Reyna kind of player. I like Reyna. I've seen. I like what I've seen so far, but I've also liked what I've seen from Rivas. And I think a Rivas and Reyna partnership up top is going to work wonders because Rivas has got somehow a great first touch and he seems to win the ball in the air he's got a great header he's been able to pass the ball with his head he's just been unfortunate not to get that goal which i forget who it was against where he volleyed it no he had that stinger yeah oh my goodness yeah was that, See, was that's that where we complain about the um the lack of offense but they're also snake bit on offense right because yeah realistically 89 times out of 100, that shot goes in. Oh, yeah. And we're dancing, right? And there's been several opportunities like that and several through balls that just misconnected, right? That just wasn't there. And so it's like we're always just kind of a half a step away from from something, right? And then that just doesn't – that affects the confidence level. Oh, absolutely. And I hear about you, but I don't think we're going to see Reyna for quite a while. So, Yeah. Um. I think when you look at the people who traveled to New York, I think you can identify players that uh, uh, okay. Yes, way. yes. Um, so I did. I didn't realize he hadn't traveled to New York. The the potential player did not travel, so there's yes. only a few. Yes. So did Bam Bam travel? He did not, but they also said he had an ankle ailment. Or oh, did he? But they didn't say anything about Reina. Traveling or not traveling, mm. or ankle injury, or yeah. sore thumb, or something. So yeah. we'll see how we'll see how it works out, right? And so exactly. It's just, I think, other than the people that we saw in New York, we officially don't know who it is. So who who has tested positive? So we need to keep that in mind as we think about who plays and right and complaining about who doesn't play. Well, well, you can't. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. It's if you if you test positive, Valley. Over here, you have to isolate for 10 days. I don't know how what it's like over in the States. Yeah, well, there's MLS protocols, and then there's local protocols. So, yeah, all kinds of stuff. The MLS protocols, I mean, they're pretty good and stringent. And hopefully, it's a one-case thing and not something that is spread across to the rest of the team. Uh, that would be horrific. So, yes. I, mean, I think we see, we see Colorado going through it right now, and... Right. And you think back to the MLS's back tournament when the positive uh, result yeah. came up, right? And that even caused just kind of bad feelings between Toronto and DC. It just, right, yeah. didn't need to be at that point, right? And she should have been just yeah. been happy to play the game. So, exactly. Yeah, I think exactly. it's, yeah, hopefully we get it. But yeah, I, for me, I want to see the 4 4 2. I want to see some attacking intent, some nice aggression again, and just. I know I've said, I said it before in a previous episode, and I think I used the wrong turn of phrase, but 
it, I don't want to say it again because I'll, 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 I'll be disappointed in myself. But we need to see something there that we've not seen for a while. We need to see that spark back in the lads, and yeah. hopefully, the fact that Ben's gone, it, it, like I said before earlier on, it gives them that kick up the rear ends that they need, and it would be nice to get that point. It'd be nice. It'd be amazing to get three points this weekend. My fingers are crossed. My toes are crossed. Everything else is crossed. So. <laughs> We'll see, we'll see what happens. I can't keep them crossed for too long, though. So come on, DC. Yeah, come on, there lads. you go. Let's get this win and let me uncross my fingers. So, um, kind of come to end of the show now. Um, thank you, Kim, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to finally meet the person who's been commenting <laughs> on the YouTube chat for the last however long it's been yeah, now. We tweet, trade tweets and Instagram comments and everything. Exactly. Sure. I mean, yeah. That's something I was going to ask. What shirts have you been uh, posting about today? Oh, today is a classic. Oh, here I can show you better. A classic DC oh, United nice. jersey. How many have you got? I don't know. That's part of this whole process. <laughs> if you follow me on Instagram, yes. I have been posting a jersey of the day uh, for... 170 some days now um, what yeah so it started with yeah <laughs> started back on april 15th Jeez, with a jackie crazy. robinson jersey and then uh it's just a, a jersey a day until now and so yeah i've got several more i um uh, i'm gonna say wow. it's at least up to uh, at least get up to 220 i think but I, yeah, wow. I haven't really touched my Philadelphia Flyers jerseys. I'm from uh, Southern New Jersey, where we speak okay. English. By the where we speak English, by the way, not whatever it is they speak in North Jersey, <laughs> where the New York slash New Jersey slash Connecticut slash Vermont Metro Stars started. Um, and so uh, most of my uh, fandom is is based in Philadelphia. Uh, DC okay. United is my only DC team for the most part. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I've got a lot of hockey. A handful of baseball but yeah i've got a version of every united shirt done uh with the exception of like the one-off they did for uh those that shooting at virginia tech and they had a one-off shirt for that and uh then they auctioned them and i did not get my hands on one of them Damn. so that's one of the the things that's out there that, that, that they get um but yeah and every version of a u.s jersey since uh world cup 94 flip a neck yeah that, that's yeah. that that's proper commitment right there that's proper commitment i mean i i wish i had more dc jerseys i keep looking on this website over here uh, called classic football shirts oh yeah yeah and i keep wanting to pull the trigger and i've missed out on one that was uh i think it was the 2015 2016 away jersey the one with the red stripes yeah yep I, I like the look of that one, but now it's gone. I'm thinking, why didn't I just pull the trigger on mm -hmm. that? Because um, I've only got two at the moment. I've only got the... Uh, which one is it? The 2016-2017 home jersey. Um, and the 2018-2019 home jersey, which I got when I last came out to DC as a birthday present, which was nice. It was the actual... Yeah. The authentic one rather than the replica so i was uh -huh. i need to get this seasons because that, that looks that looks tidy I it's think. a nice shirt yeah 
It's a very nice. But it costs a lot of money to get That's it. That's the unfortunate thing. Yeah. And to get it shipped over here, the shipping and taxes, it's almost as much as the shirt itself. Well, maybe we can find an intermediary for you at some point for some of this yes. stuff. Yes. Yes. Well, I need, I, need, I need to get something done for about that. Oh, Stu says, uh, so many jerseys. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> Bless him. Um, so, yeah. So, where can actually people find you on Instagram and Twitter then? What am I? I am NestDevil9 on Twitter. Um, yep. plays a friend. I, I went to Arizona State University, which is the Sun Devils, which is why Devil is in there. And it's soccer. You know, we call the Screaming Eagles, we call the, the area the Nest. So that's why it's Nest Devil 9, because that's when it started. Yeah. Uh, what is my Instagram handle? I forget. I, th I think it's Kobe KL. I think, I think it's it just is. my yeah. I think it's just a simple my name and uh, my two initials. So that's <laughs> very uncreative. But there we go. That's what that is. Uh, let's have a quick look. Yeah, it, it's Kobe KL. So follow him there as well. Very simple. Um, yeah, you'll find. Generally, that. it's filled with random soccer pictures because when I go, like I guess I go to Geneva. I find the matches in geneva i have uh, i'm at like the fifth tier of swiss soccer routinely what? <laughs> uh, like, yeah it's the fifth tier the fourth tier the third tier the second first tier. I've, I've seen one through five in in switzerland wow. um, generally it's just because oh i have a free afternoon you check the schedules like oh there's a game here okay and you know it's it's the least amount of money I've ever paid for some some games you you walk in because they don't see you walk in and some games they're like uh it, it'll be like five francs sometimes wow. right and you can go to some other ones and we've, we've seen some wild stuff at some of these matches but yeah so you'll see some some games from that which you know you, it's really weird because you get these you know these pitches with these beautiful backdrops of oh. the Alps and things and you know you know a, a Lake Geneva or something in the background it's 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 incredible. Uh, so yeah, you'll see pictures of that or just random out the airplane uh, pictures and things like that. But right now it's all jerseys. That's just what I'm doing. Yeah. So it's, it's actually helping me catalog what I've got because <laughs> why not? Why not at this point? I think I think the the crazy one of the ones I saw from you, which was the craziest one I think I've seen you do, was the uh, the Newcastle uh, goalkeeper jersey from was it ninety four ninety five? Yeah, mid late nineties. Yeah, it was the good, really big, poofy ones that we. Yeah, used to wear. it was a dark, dark back before green the black. Yeah, yeah that that's like a that's like a Shay Given special, right? That's like what you would have seen him wear, I think. Yeah, Shay or Shay Given or Shaka Hislop, I think it would have been. Yeah. No, those were the those are the days of proper goalkeeper jerseys, not what we got now, where it's just a plain color. Yeah. But those days, it had I... design and flair. It's the uh, the, yeah, the, yeah. the 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 Campos influence. That's it. <laughs> you, look, you look at the design on them you see something about the city or the town whoever is wearing it i know for my uk team which is middlesbrough you see the the uh transporter bridge newcastle you saw the tyne bridge mm -hmm. i think the northeast of england likes their bridges for some some weird reason <laughs> um well you don't get I, wet that's why <laughs> <laughs> oh no no, we, we, we get wet over there. It's uh, yeah, but you don't, don't get like you know, we don't get monsoons. Right. Well, we don't we don't get torrential down. Well, unless you're in Manchester, then it's always wet. And well, if watching you're in the those UK, games this week, last weekend, and uh, it looked awfully moist. 
Yes, yes. I, it was raining goals. How's that for a there pun? There you go. Wow. Yes. Let's end it on a pun. <laughs> um, if you're watching the show, thank you for tuning in. Remember to hit that subscribe button. Um, you'll see links down below for things like merchandise, the website, membership, um, links to the, the show theme and all that jazz. And don't forget to hit the guys up at the MLS UK show. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at DC United Kingdom. Facebook and Instagram, DC United Kingdom FC, because somebody else decided to take that before I did. And that's about it. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Kim for coming onto the show. It's, like I said before, it's been an absolute blast. And thank you, Ben, for everything that you've done for the club. Um, it's been a fantastic time seeing you here. I'm thankful that you've still got a job at the club. Um, but it is the end of an era. But as we always say on this show, to end it, Vamos United. <laughs>